start of this series, A Grateful Heart. And what we're going to be doing is just really spending the entire month of November focusing on really the very simple way of saying it is the endless amount of things as believers we have the opportunity to be grateful for every second of every day. And I say we have the opportunity because some of us do not take those opportunities to be grateful. Uh, really, even just living in our country, we have an opportunity every morning to be grateful for running water when we turn the sink on. But let's be honest, we don't spend 365 days a year turning the sink on and saying, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord, for running water. But really, that's a great example because there is a huge number of people in this world that if they could wake up and go and turn their sink on and then choose if they want the water hot or cold, it would answer a prayer they've been praying their entire life. It would, it would, it would literally blow their minds the first time they saw that. We take it for granted sometimes. And, and you know, we honored our veterans today and there's, there's reasons we take that for granted. And, and you know what, thank the Lord we live in a country where something like that can be taken for granted. I'm not rebuking you. I mean, we don't, but, but I'm saying we have the chance every day to think about the privileges and, and the blessings that we have just being here and having running water, having a warm bed, having heaters that work, having, I mean, it was cold last night, having heaters that work. These are little things that we can, if we choose to, take an opportunity to let it blow our minds daily. Well, as a believer, we have a chance every second of every day to have our minds blown with what the Lord has given us. And you can start with salvation. We get to spend an eternity with God instead of separated from Him. And it is the greatest gift any one of us have ever been given. Realistically, it is. But there are some days as believers, I'm sure we wake up and go to sleep and don't think about it one time. Again, I'm not rebuking you. We, we, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like make anybody feel bad. I'm just pointing out the fact that if we really thought about it, we would probably be grateful every second of every day. And I just said start with salvation on purpose because that is where we could start. We have been given so much, even that pertains to our life here on earth. The word salvation is from a Greek word that said it's called sozo, and it doesn't just mean eternal salvation of our spirit. It actually means prosperity and well-being in this world as well, a help for our body, peace of mind. This is all included in that word sozo. You can look it up, and it is a powerful word. It is a powerful word. It does not just refer to our spiritual life forever with God. It refers to even what we have down here. Last week, this is a very quick review because I'm going to piggyback where we start, where we stopped last week. But last week, our, our two texts that we really focused on are both from Ephesians. Ephesians 1.3, Paul wrote this, All praise to God, the Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms you have already been blessed with. So we could break it down a little. That means if something exists in heaven, you've been blessed with it. And if it doesn't exist in heaven, that's not yours to pick up. So does sickness exist in heaven? No, we've been blessed with healing. Does, does illness and pain exist in heaven? No, we've been blessed. And, and on the inside of us, we have already been healed, blessed, prospered. And I, I can break that down for you. I did last week. So if you want more details, go watch last week's sermon or listen to the podcast. 
But every spiritual blessing is on the inside of you. You're not trying to get it. You're not begging God for things. He's already done it for you. There's a big difference. It's very similar to salvation. So in other words, you're not asking God to heal you. He's already done it. Why are you sick? Why is my body not lined up with that word? We'll get to it. We'll cover that. But I'm telling you, if you're sick, you don't need to sit around and beg God to heal you or ask him. He's already done it. If, if you're not seeing prosperity or provision in your life, we don't need to sit around and ask God to provide. He's already provided. Well, it says it right here in Ephesians 1.3. Every spiritual blessing is on the inside of us. Salvation is a great example of this. When you receive salvation, you didn't ask Jesus to come down from heaven, live for you, die for you, and raise from the dead for you. He had already done it. When you receive salvation, you just came into agreement with what he had already provided on the cross. Well, you know, there's a verse, there's lots of verses, but there's a verse we quote, a lot of us, but just don't think about it. It says, he was wounded for our transgressions, pierced for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So just that verse covers salvation of forgiveness of our sins. It covers peace. When this world is throwing chaos at us, we have peace that's been provided for us. And it covers healing. By his stripes we are healed. We took communion last week. Jesus became the bread and the wine representing salvation. And when we partake of that meal, Everything that verse says is a done deal for us resident on the inside of us. When we eat that bread, when we drink that wine, our sins are forgiven. Peace is invested on the inside of us. And we are healed. He already paid the price. So many Christians uh, stand around asking God to do things he's already done. And that's where we miss it so often. We think God's missing something. Why aren't you working? And we're the ones that are missing it. Last week, I compared it to a, a feast. It's like sitting down with somebody who's cooked a feast for you, a beautiful meal. You sit down, you enjoy it. You feel great. You're full. And you lean back and you say, hey, when are you going to feed me? When are you going to bring out the good stuff? It's as ridiculous as asking for a meal after you've already sat down, received it, and eaten it. Ephesians 2.6 says, he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with him. What this speaks to is our spirit. You are a three-part person, just like God is a three-part God. You have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Every one of these blessings are resident in your born-again spirit. What we need to do as Christians, instead of sitting around asking God to do stuff, we need to figure out how to access these blessings that are on the inside of us already. That is where we Stop missing it and get it. And you do it. There's two ways we're going to talk about today. But just keep this in mind. Listen, you're not trying to get Jesus to heal you. He's already done it. That's 1 Peter 2.24. You're not trying to get him to bless you. You're already blessed. That's Philippians 4.19. You're not trying to get God to give you peace and joy when you don't feel peace and joy. That's already on the inside of you. That's Galatians 5.22. Once you have enjoyed that meal, 
you got to stop sitting around asking God to give you that meal. He was wounded for your transgressions, pierced for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him, and by his stripes you were healed. So how do you do it? How do you unlock it? That's where we're going to pick up today, and that's what we're going to focus on. And it has to do with knowledge and then acknowledging. They're two separate things. They are two different things, and I'm going to break this down with verses and some definitions and I believe it's going to change our lives. Because remember, we talked about this for a whole month. Right living does not produce right believing. Right believing produces the right living. And so many times we get it backwards. We try to get all the living stuff right. We try to get, uh, I'll, I'll start doing this right, and I'm going to make this change, and I'll make that change in my behavior. I'll break this addiction. I'll stop doing this. I'll start doing this. And we think everything else lines up when our behavior lines up. But as a believer, on the inside is much more important than the outside because when the inside lines up with the word, the outside lines up with the word. When my mind can line up with the word, my actions will line up with the word. And if we want to get scientific, I mean, really, science backs this up because you don't do anything without thinking about it. You might do something subconsciously, but everything you do goes through your mind. And if you have control of your mind, you have control of all your actions. Mind over matter is a real scientific fact, and God's been telling us since the very beginning of time that it's not really about your actions, it's about what you focus on. What are you seeing? What's your mind doing? So here's our first new verse for the day. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, Listen, if you have never heard that you have everything you need on the inside of you as a believer, then either you haven't been in the right church and you've listened to somebody who was lying to you. Maybe you haven't picked up the Bible for yourself and actually read it. That might be the problem in a lot of people's lives. Because if you pick up the Bible and you read it for yourself, you will never hear Jesus or anybody in the New Testament telling a believer, you better get right with God and then beg him to do this for you, and maybe he will. You'll read verses just like this that say, according to his divine power, he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. It doesn't stop there. It says he's given it to you through the knowledge Back to that right believing through the knowledge of him that has called us unto glory and virtue. So Peter is backing up really what Paul said. And he says, you have everything you need on the inside. And you access it through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So we'll call this a starting point. How do you access all these spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing on the inside, healing, provision, peace, joy. How do you access this stuff? Starts with the knowledge. In other words, most Christians would tell you, yes, I believe God can do anything. But what a lot of people don't believe is that he's already done everything. They believe he can do anything, but they're like, well, we're just waiting on him to. I know he can heal me. I'm waiting on him to heal me. No. Just like you didn't wait for salvation, just like you were saved the second you believed in Jesus, 
You were healed the second you believed in Jesus. Our bodies sometimes don't line up with that healing, and we have to go access that that's on the inside. Kind of like you don't act saved all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, let's be honest. Some of us didn't act saved this morning. Let's just be honest. It doesn't mean you're not saved. You wouldn't even question that. Well, I just had a fight with my wife. You don't go to the Lord and say, I repent, please save me again. And if you do, you get set free from that. You are saved because of Jesus, not because of your own actions. It's the same principle. It's in fact the exact same principle. You are not not healed just because your body isn't acting like it. It's on the inside. It is there on the inside of you and accessing that healing starts with the knowledge. Just like acting saved starts with the knowledge. So many believers live in this constant state of trying to get God to do something. Man, there's people that go from meeting to meeting just hoping they get what they need at this meeting. Re revival meetings, the healing meetings. They ask everybody to pray for them, ask everybody to get a word because they're trying to get something, but they already have it. I'm not against that stuff. Listen, I love revival meetings. I'd love nothing more if we were here every night packing this place out, just worshiping and going crazy. But the reason is not to get something I need from God. It's just to be together, to glorify the Lord, to magnify him, to lift him up, to get filled up and to spend time in his presence. But man, if you're going from place to place, from meeting to meeting, from, 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 from station to station, podcast to podcast, trying to get God to do something for you, you've got to break down that mentality because you've already got it. I know it's a ridiculous metaphor, but it's as crazy as sitting at a table that you've just enjoyed a meal at and saying, bring me the food. When are you going to bring it? When are you going to bring it? That's the knowledge. And it starts with knowledge, accessing it. Well, we heard from Peter. Now let's go back and listen to Paul again. Philemon verse 1. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 6. It's the only chapter in Philemon. And it says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So Peter said, let's start with the knowledge. You begin to access these gifts from the knowledge. And Paul says in Philemon that your faith will become effectual. In other words, all those blessings in your spirit will become effective. You'll see them working effectively as you acknowledge the good things you have in Jesus. And I was thinking about this just this morning, actually. And I was remembering, so my dad was my baseball coach. I loved baseball. And I played second base and I played third base. And there was a season where I started making a lot of errors. I don't know, my, ment my mentals weren't right. They weren't in the game. And, and I was making some errors in the field. And my dad came up to me after one of the practices and he said, you got to get your glove dirty. He said, you got to, when a ground ball is coming your way, get your glove in the dirt. The ground balls are going through your legs because your glove isn't in the dirt. They're going right under you. So he told me, Slap the ground with your glove and watch the dirt cloud come up. Man, I had to sit out there for probably an hour. Just slap the ground with my glove. And just watch it. Can I stop now? No. Keep slapping that ground. So he told me, he said, when the next game starts, he goes, when the ground ball's coming your way, 
don't stop bending down and putting your arm down until the dirt cloud comes up, the glove hit the dirt. Well, it stopped the errors, right? It really did. But you know, there's a difference between knowledge and acknowledging. I may have known my dad was the coach, right? But when that next game started and he wasn't in my ear saying, put your glove on the ground, wait until you see the dirt cloud fly up and then you know your glove's on the ground, I just did it. And that was acknowledging what he had put on the inside. That was the action of acknowledging what he taught me. Now we might know that God is God. We might say that, well, God is God. He, he's the master of all. He's the creator of everything. We might even say he's put all this good stuff on the inside of me. But when your actions and your day-to-day -day decisions start with acknowledging who you are in Christ and what he's put on the inside of you, I'm telling you, you're going to see yourself walking in these gifts more than ever. I saw myself making plays that I was not making after I started to acknowledge the coaching that my dad was doing with me. There's a big difference. The word knowledge, uh, here's, I wrote some definitions down here. The word knowledge is very simple. It's when you know something. That's called knowledge. Here's the definition of acknowledging. It says to accept. You don't just know it. You accept it as truth. To be aware of. To be conscious of. To appreciate. And that was my favorite one. Because this is all about gratitude. One of the very definitions of the word acknowledging is to appreciate. So we're going to use this definition and break down four ways to acknowledge these things that God has put on the inside of us. I mean, I love when we can use something very practical and apply it in our lives and see victory. But when I acknowledged what my dad was saying about getting my glove dirty, it changed the way I played baseball for the better. We have to move past the point of just knowledge and we got to start acknowledging. Some of us are, are getting some knowledge for the first time, which is awesome. That's the first step. Somebody in this room, I think, has probably never thought, I already have everything I need. Some of us might have felt a little something. We said, yeah, I've actually been begging God for things my whole life. It's time to stop. It's time to stop begging. Instead of asking him for things, we're going to acknowledge what he's done. It is two completely different things. It's two completely different things. And it's not just one of those things either where it's like, well, doesn't God know my heart? If, I, if I'm begging for this, doesn't he know my heart? Yes, he knows your heart. But remember, we're not trying to move the hand of God. We are trying to move ourselves. And acknowledging this moves you into the place where you can receive. We're not trying to move him. He moved for us one time, once and for all through Jesus and provided everything you could ever need that pertains to life and godliness. We read that verse. He's given you every spiritual blessing. We read that verse. So remember, when you, when you have that question that raises, well, doesn't God know my heart? Yes. That's why he's already moved on your behalf. You're moving you, not him. I had to move my glove into the dirt. <laughs> my dad was a hard baseball coach, man. We had this uh, one, one, he didn't think we were practicing hard enough, and so my dad was going to play Major League Baseball. This was when I was 11, so it was like 11 and 12-year-old. 
Little League. He told the infield to come in. If you're a baseball person, you know what this means. He told the infield to come in like we were preparing for a bunt. In other words, you walk like basically halfway between where you're playing and home plate. So third base, anyway. Then he hit us ground balls as hard as he could as a semi-professional athlete and said, every time one gets past you, that's a lap around the bases. When practice ended that night, he told the parents, y'all got to wait a little bit longer because these kids have to run 241 laps around the bases. We didn't get 241 laps. But boy, we ran. We ran a lot. Okay, so we're going to break this definition down. Acknowledging, I'm going to read it one more time. To accept, to be aware of, to be conscious of. Those go very hand in hand. Be aware, be conscious. To appreciate. So here's number one. How do we acknowledge? How do we respond to what God has done instead of begging him to do something? We are going to at first accept it as truth. And then be aware of it. Sometimes we have to make ourselves remember. Sometimes we have to remember on purpose. And I know that's very basic, but I'm telling you, it could change our life because what will happen when we accept this truth that we have everything we need and make ourselves at first be aware, sometimes, hopefully we'll just fall into a habit of being aware of what God has done first and foremost, but this will change your life because then when a symptom in your body pops up, the first thing you won't do is worry and then go to WebMD. I mean, you've heard me say this before, but if you go to WebMD, it's going to say it's either nothing or you're going to die. I mean, that is what it says for everything. That's what it says for everything. Lisa took some Pepto-Bismol before bed a few weeks ago. She woke up the next day and she goes, my tongue is black. And I said, what does that mean? And we Googled it, right? We're not like worried. So we just Googled it. What? And it said, You're, you might be dead. You might be dying really soon. I said, how do you feel? How does your body feel? She goes, I feel normal. And then the next page said, or you could have taken Pepto-Bismol the night before. And I was like, oh, there, there you go. <laughs> Instead of waking up with a symptom, and going to worry and WebMD, being aware that you have healing resident on the inside of you will then direct you to the Lord. Amen. And instead of WebMD, you'll say, oh, man, no matter what this is, by his stripes, I'm healed. Amen. Yes. Man, I, a friend of mine was dealing with a cough this week, and I love what she said. She said, I've been seeing Jesus nailing my cough to the cross all week. Yep. That was great. That was good. Austin was there, and he said, he said uh, how, how does your cough look? She said, oh, it's just a piece of paper. It says, my cough. And he's just nailing it to the cross. But I love this picture. I love this picture. Because how many times in the last year and a half have any one of us coughed on anything and then Googled, do I have COVID? Yeah. Right? You might have swallowed your tea wrong and you're like, I got COVID. Dang it. Our flesh will go to worry and WebMD every time. But being aware of the truth will send you to the Lord and to the Word. I'm telling you, it will. And when you go to the Lord in the Word, if you need a doctor, then the Holy Spirit's going to say, call the doctor. And you're going to have peace about calling the doctor and saying, hey, I, I need you to look at something. That's not wrong. Medicine's a miracle. Tell somebody 100 years ago they could have taken some medicine and got better. It would have blown their minds. 
But let me tell you, you'll go to the Lord, you'll go to the Word. And man, worry will be the furthest thing from you. Come on. You'll forget that WebMD even exists, which will be a great thing. What this does, accepting this truth and being aware, when an unexpected bill comes in the mail or when an expense rises up, instead of going to worry and figuring out a knee-jerk reaction, what can I do, what can I sell, what can I do to go pay this bill, instead of that, you're going to go to the Lord. And you're going to go to the Word and you're going to say Philippians 4.19 says, I'm blessed according to His riches. You're going to go to the Word and you're going to remember that Deuteronomy says, you've been given the power to get wealth. Yeah. That you might establish His covenant upon the earth. The Bible does not say God's going to give you a lot of money. It says He's going to give you the power to get wealth. And there's too many people talking about saying the wrong prayers, sitting there praying for money. And God's like, I've given you avenues to go get this yourself. You just got to go do it. Knowing his word will send you down those avenues. And you know what? Maybe that night, $100,000 is not going to show up on your doorstep. But 10 years from that moment, you're going to look back and say, Wow, remember when that bill came and I didn't know what to do? Now, because of the Lord, they created this lifestyle of wealth while I'm taken care of and I'm able to take care of lots of people. I doubt one person in this room would live a selfish lifestyle if you just had an unlimited source of income. I'm willing to bet every person in this room already has a list of people they take care of, ministries they would give to, yeah. people to help, ways you want to help society. Yeah. Do you know God put those things in your heart and Deuteronomy says he's given you the power to do it. If you're not, you're not accessing that truth. You're still having those knee-jerk reactions when the bills come in thinking, how are we going to do this? I'm worried. And that stuff stops the creativity even from flowing on the inside of you. Yes. Worry will block creativity from your life. Yes. Creativity that God has put on the inside of you to create those avenues of wealth. The knowledge of this truth and being aware of it will change your reactions. When you remember and are aware of the promise that says anything you put your hands to will prosper, you'll be way more likely to start taking steps towards those dreams that we talked about earlier. Those dreams that Serena prayed over us and said God is resurrecting. And God might have already shown you your next step to get to that. Yeah. Here's how this changes you. Instead of leaving this place and thinking, well, what if I take that step and I fail? Being aware and conscious, acknowledging the truth on the inside of you will lead you to a moment when you say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take that first step. I'm going to go ahead and take that next step and just see what happens. Acknowledging. Accept it, be aware of. How about being conscious of, right? Uh, you know, being conscious of something is kind of like a constant awareness, right? It's like a constant awareness of this thing. Uh, you know, we talked about being spirit, soul, and body, that we have three parts as a believer, spirit, soul, and body. It's so easy to be always conscious of our body, right? We look in a mirror, that's what we see. You close your eyes right now, you can, you can say, I feel hot, my body feels hot, I feel cold, I feel this or I feel that. Our body is constantly sending our brain signals, reminding us that it's there. We are always conscious of all of this. But what this speaks of is being always conscious 
of that part on the inside of us, that spirit that is 100% just like the spirit that was in Jesus, that spirit that is healed. So when this body says, I'm hurting, and our mind says, oop, conscious of the body, it's hurting, man, the same time we think I'm hurting, we're conscious of that spirit on the inside, and we say, ooh, I'm hurting. Thank God I'm healed. Thank God I don't have to deal with this. And we might speak to it like it's a person standing in front of us. Pain, get out of here. That's what we do in my house. Pain, you get out of here. Virus, you have no place here. Illness, you have no place here. Get out. If it has a name, it has to bow down to the name of Jesus. Proverbs 18.21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And then it says you're going to eat the fruit of it. So really, whatever fruit your life is producing, it's because you've spoken it. Just saying. If you have every good spiritual blessing on the inside of you, what's on the outside is because you prophesied it. You're the number one prophet of your own life. I love when people prophesy to me. I love when I get a word. You've been speaking words over yourself since you could talk. Start to be conscious of the words you're saying and speak the truth of who you are in Jesus over anything else. Amen. Get rid of these phrases, I'm sick, my disease, my sleep apnea. That's for somebody, right? Get rid of the, the phrases, uh, my ADHD, my attention deficit disorder, my disease, my this, my that. Get rid of that. That is not what belongs to you. You are healed. Yeah, get rid of that phrase, my anxiety, my fears, no. These are outside things coming against you and they don't belong to you unless you take hold of them and say, I want ownership of this. We do it with our mouth. We do it with our words because life and death are in the power of your tongue. That's an Old Testament verse. Paul said in the New Testament that the tongue is like the rudder on a ship. It's the smallest part, but it steers the entire thing. It sets the course. Your tongue sets the course for your life. Be aware, be conscious of what's on the inside and use your mouth to speak out those things that are on the inside to the outside. And don't speak anything else. Don't speak anything else. In Philippians, Paul says that when we don't worry, instead when we go to the Lord and tell Him what we need, thank Him for what He's done, and pray about it, that peace will flood our hearts. Peace will flood our minds. So number three, remember, acknowledging to accept, be aware, conscious, and appreciate. So number one, we're going to be aware. We're going to accept this truth. We're going to acknowledge it. We're going to be aware. We are going to accept it. Number two, we're going to be conscious of it continually. It can start with our words. Three, we're going to keep renewing our mind to the word all the time to constantly remind us of those words we need to be speaking, of those promises we need to be aware of. We talked about it extensively over the last few months. Renew your mind to the word. That's a great way to begin to be conscious of it at all times. You've got to know it. It starts with knowledge. Now we're talking about acknowledging. And number four, the last part of that verse says to appreciate. I'm sorry, of the definition of acknowledge to appreciate 
we are going to express gratitude for these blessings. We are going to express gratitude. It is a powerful force. Thankfulness is the key that unlocks so many of these gifts. It really does. Uh, there's verse after verse we could talk about. I encourage you to go home and look up thankfulness in the Bible. Gratitude. You'll find verses like this. You know, praise is expressing inward gratitude outwardly. You'll find verses that say, enter his courts with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his gates with praise. You'll find verses that say his presence dwells in our praises. In other words, our expression of gratitude, the very presence of God dwells in that. If you think that's not something you experience that often, begin to fill up your life with gratitude. Thank him for these things that he's done. Thank him for every promise he's given you daily, especially when you're experiencing it. Man, my body, I woke up feeling one way and, and I began to declare the word and here I am going to bed feeling completely healed. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, gather your family around and say, hey guys, I want to tell you about something. God completely, I, 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 I walked in healing today. My body was not feeling good and I'm healed. Stop telling everybody the bad news. Tell them the good news. Start with yourself. Tell everybody. Tell people that word. They might not even want to hear it. I don't matter. Just tell them anyway. Tell everybody. Like Facebook post says, wow, I got healed today. Boom. It'll be great. Nobody will like it at all, but you'll love it. You'll get like two likes. And then you'll go and like be like, you know, this horrible thing happened today in the world and it's like 6,000 shares and 200 likes. But that's not why you do it, right? Spread the good news. But be thankful. Express gratitude. It is part of acknowledging that that is on the inside of you. And through the knowledge of what's on the inside, we operate in it. And through the acknowledging, according to Philemon 1.6, the faith on the inside of us becomes effectual. Effective. In other words, it's not just sitting in there dormant, not doing anything, but we begin to see that faith in action. Knowledge and acknowledging. You're going to hear this a whole lot at Freedom. It starts here. It starts here. Right believing produces right living, right action. And it's actually really, really good news. Thank you, Jesus. Paul even says in Galatians 3.5 that that miracles aren't based on our actions. They're based on our belief. Man, we think if we act good enough, God will finally do that miracle we've been waiting for. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. It says that miracles work through belief. Knowledge and acknowledging. Man, in November, in December, man, with all the other stuff that we're going to be doing Christmas, Thanksgiving, presents, family gatherings. Man, take some time every day. Acknowledge what the Lord has done on the inside of you. Watch every one of your daily decisions begin to be filtered through what you already have on the inside. You'll find yourself, your prayer life will change. Instead of begging God to do something, you're going to remember He's already done it. In a prayer of gratitude, man, it's going to be so different. Instead of sitting at that table after a wonderful meal, 
still feeling like you're missing out on something, you're just going to sit there and you're going to say, thank you for this wonderful meal. Thank you that within this meal, you've forgiven my sins. You've given me peace. You've given me joy. You've healed the diseases that try to attack me. You've healed the illness. You've healed the sickness. You've given me every bit of provision I'll ever need. That makes for a way better moment. Let's all stand together.